Myself, my wife, and four kids have been living in a hotel for four months, unable to get a rental. It's crazy. Wow. Other. So the big question is this. How investors like us who weren't born in the silver spoon successfully investing in property to create a passive income and still have a lifestyle now? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. I'm George Markoski, and welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski method. Join us. Hello. Hi there. Hello, George. hello. Markoski coming to you live from little old Adelaide. Now, we've got a big show for you tonight. I'm going to be talking about the rental crisis happening in Australia at the moment. Uh, which is true. And I've actually had a few people reach out to me on Facebook to talk about it. I'm going to talk about the budget. We had the budget recently. I want to talk about what's happening in the budget, how it's going to affect you if you're an investor or if you're a tenant. Um, also, um, look, if you're watching live, please type in hashtag live in the chat, say hello, so I know that you're there. And a lot of people do watch our replays. If you're watching our replays, type in hashtag replay, so I know that you're watching because I'm keeping my eye on you. Um, now, we're actually live in the Australian property chat, so meet us there live so we can interact, you can ask your questions, and we can really answer them and do things. Now, I'm a little bit hungover last night. But we, went out, we went out to our Tones and I last night. and um, Yes, it was, it was amazing. Awesome. How's it going, guys? Thanks for joining us. Welcome, welcome. So, yes, we're going yeah. live from Adelaide tonight. So, yeah, we went out to a concert last night. We saw Tones, um, Tony from Tones and I. She was amazing, fantastic. One of the best concerts I've been to. So she sings this song, Dance Monkey, for those of you who don't know. You sing but it yeah. so people know what it is. <laughs> dance Monkey. Yeah. Dance Monkey, Dance Monkey, Dance Monkey. Oh, oh. You know how it goes. <laughs> I know. Like the other people might not know. Now, so... Look, um, interesting. Uh, what's happening is um, I had a, a note, and this is anonymous. So, but one of my mutual, one of my mutual friends was um, looking at renting. Looking at uh, what happened was um, they have been looking for a house. He goes, "I saw your cr rental crisis post. Myself, my wife, and four kids have been living in a hotel for four months, unable to get a rental. It's crazy out there, right?" And I really feel for this guy because um, you know they're ready to go home. Right, the owner decided to sell due to COVID. Mm -hmm. The property was bought by an owner occupier, so now they're stranded and they've applied wow. for properties but can't get any more and get anything. Right? Wow! Now, unfortunately, there's a, this happening to Australians all around Australia. And mm. look at this: uh, Facebook you just said just got four hundred forty dollars a week for a house in Caboolture. How crazy is that? In Caboolture, that's crazy. That's uh, big dollars. Rentals have gone up. Because um, it's fun, interesting about rental properties because one or two things happens. You get pressure and the pressure puts property prices up. And then on the back of that, rentals struggle to catch up and they, they boom back. It's like a rubber band. They swing back and catch up. Mm. Or sometimes the other way, it happens the other way around and rentals go up and then property prices. What's happening at the moment, they're both going up at the same time. Right. Is that like rare or is that common? No, it's very rare. Very rare, actually. Funny enough, usually what happens is you have property prices going up and then lag behind. Is what the rent. Is, yeah. yeah. So what happens is let's say you buy a property for 500000 and properties double every seven or ten years. So ten years' time, it goes up to a million, right? So if you rented a $500,000 house, that's going to be $25,000 a year. So once your property goes up in 500000 what happens is it's actually your rental is going to double to 50000 going to go up 25000 That's the passive income you make. And that's what I talk about when I talk about passive income. Now, but usually there's a lag. So if your property goes up to a million, your, your rental doesn't just double overnight. No, you're not going to be getting a million dollars. It takes an extra, no, no, what I mean, the $25,000, you don't get the 25000 straight away. Sometimes it takes a few extra years. But the funny thing that's happening at the moment is rents are pushing as hard as property prices. I don't know which one's going to win. Like rents are going up, mm -hmm. property prices going up, rents going up. I know a lot of, a lot of my properties because they come due all the time. And I, I've, got a, I've got a theory. I put my rents up, you know, a little bit by bit. You know, I don't know if you heard the story about the, you know, the frog in the, hot, in the water. If you want to boil a frog, if you get a hot frog and throw it in boiling water, it's going to hop out. Mm. 
But if you heat it up nice and slow, you won't notice. Well, I just think um, from a perspective of, you know, you've got people living in your investment properties. Um, and what I do is I only put the rent up by $5, $5 or $10 every year. And I'm always making sure I'm matching what the market is doing and making sure I'm getting giving fair rent because I want to be fair as well. Have anyone got any stories about, you know, rents going up or you finding having trouble with rent or getting a lot of rent? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, me personally, um, I know I've, we've got a lot of members, as everyone's probably aware. Um, and I think in particular in Queensland, this comes to affordable housing. So I've actually got a member who's living in Queensland and he was saying to me, hey, I'm looking for an investment property because they want to move locations and be closer to where they work. And they're like to me, Christina, I just can't find anything to rent. Everything is completely rented out. You know, there's 0% vacancy rate everywhere. It's crazy. I'm not going to be able to move to where I want, which suburb I want. But he knows I've got investment properties in Queensland. And he said to me, hey, Christina, can I rent one of your properties? And I, said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'd love to, but sorry, I've already got tenants in all of them. And yeah, they're paying me good rent. So I'm not going to be kicking anyone out anytime soon. But that's how crazy it is. I've got, you know, people asking me if they can live in my investment properties. Um, so there's yeah. a massive shortage when it comes to housing in southeast Queensland, Queensland. I'd say, you know, most places in Australia at this point in time. So um, this, this is the deal. The annual increase in rent for Brisbane houses is now 6.4%. Right, okay. Right, and guess what's going to happen? That mm. means that... The property prices are going to go up even more than that. Mm, yeah, right? yeah. Which is an interesting thing. Um, so this is the interesting thing as well: vacancies, right? Right from the CBD to outer ring have experienced tightening quarter on quarter for four executive consecutive quarters in a row. You know how I talk about how when you've got four quarters in a row, that yes. shows a trend. Because yes. yeah, exactly. So over the past twelve months, rental vacancies across Brisbane. LJ have fallen to 1.1%, and they're less, um, the Greater Brisbane is less than 1%. Wow. So it's tight as anything. Very so if you're buying yeah. a brand new property, you're going to rent it out. I mean, look, our members normally rent their properties out in the first week or two or day day or two it's crazy like you know oh so many members i've had them you know get literally the day after settlement or the day of settlement because there's that many people that want to move in and there's so many renters out there they've got a lineup of people that are applying for this same property yeah yeah exactly so look unfortunately you know you know, there's good and bad in this, and it's sad that there's Australians that are struggling, and I really feel sorry for Australians that are struggling to get property, uh, rent, mm. get a rental property. And the thing is, this is the deal, right? And this is the way I want to lay it down, because we get all this hate on social media. <laughs> I've got ads going out, and I get people going, oh, you rich bastard, you know, you're, not, you're pushing property prices up and blah, blah, blah. Look, us investors are not pushing property prices up. Because the market is mainly fueled by the first homeowners. They're the ones going nuts at the moment. Uh, but also, we're there to house Australians, right? We're doing a public service. I really think that if you're a property investor, if you're a freedom fighter on our channel, well done and pat on the back to you because, you know, you're actually trying to stop this rental crisis. Mm, and Seriously, we need to, you know, buy more properties and help house all these Australians to make it easier, you know what I mean? That's the that's the thing, you know. And the rental yeah. market in Adelaide, someone says rental market in Adelaide is bad too. Yes, it is. It's terrible. Adelaide's are pretty crazy. I know Melbourne's a bit different. And look, the rental uh, one one place where the rental market has gone down a bit is CBD of most capital cities, right? Yeah. But yeah. everything else has gone up. Okay. Yes, yeah. I had tenants. Someone said yes. I've had tenants. Move in, Move in four days, four days after, after settlement. settlement in the thick of COVID last year. Thank you, George and team, for this. All right, there you go. One of our members. I can't see the name because I need to uh, go look in the Facebook. But um, thank you. That's really good. Um, look, at the end of the day, you, if you get the right systems and the right people, it's very important. Absolutely, yeah. If you've got to rent your property out, really get an expert to do it for you. 
Mm. We get so many people joining our program and they haven't put their rents up for five years and they're like, oh, but they're such a good tenant. And look, if they're not paying market rent, they're probably not that good. They're a tenant. not a good tenant. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I will never manage my own properties. I no. just won't do it because it would cost me too much. You know, I don't want to be chasing people for rent. That's a property manager's job. And, you know, tenants need to be paying for fair um, market rate as far as I'm concerned because everyone else is paying that amount. So it needs to be, you know, a win-win-win. Everybody needs to obviously be doing their part there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can, it, can anyone see us live in the Australian property chat? Because I can't, I'm on, on the Facebook group and I can't see us there. I'm just curious if we're on there, if we're supposed to be. Someone <laughs> said, I always build a six-foot fence and pet owners seem to be more than happy to pay a premium. Absolutely. And look, having... Being flexible is important, and a lot of mm. people don't like pets. But me personally, as long as you got pet insurance and you got clauses, I think it's okay. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, yeah, because uh, at the end of the day, that's it. Yes, I'm in Australian property chat. Okay, it's working. I just can't see it. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. I'm the only person that can't see it in Australian property chat, but the actual um, the actual comments coming through, that's the main thing, so I can interact with you, which is important. Right, live. Yep, someone else is live, which is great. So yes, yeah, so that's what's happening. So the, that's so this what's is a happening. great question, George. What about too many units in Sydney? Yes. Okay. So what's happening at the moment? And I predicted this ten years ago. There's going to be an oversupply of units in the CBDs. Right. So one thing you've got to realize about property, and this is very important is there's only one thing that really matters when it comes to property, which shows you if you're going to get a good price or not. Mm -hmm. And that is demand and supply, right? If you have more demand compared to supply, property prices go up. You've got more supply and demand, property prices go down. That's it. There's nothing else that matters. That's what it comes down to the basis. That's what it is. So at the moment, there's not a lot of demand when we're talking about, um, what is it? When we're talking about um, units in capital cities, right? Because since COVID, people haven't been keen living in units in the city. Mm -hmm. um, I know a few people that live there because they can't get tenants. Right. So this is the funny thing, right? It's interesting how there's a rental crisis, but in the CBD, you can get a rental. You know what I mean? Mm. But people don't want that. That's why. Look, I think being Australian, we're Aussies. We want land, you know. We want a front yard, backyard. People want to be able to have kids ride their bike in the backyard. We're just not accustomed to that apartment lifestyle. So yeah, yeah. it's in our nature to want to have a house. That's right. But see, this is the interesting thing. What fuels the CBD market is a lot of the Asian population and the immigrants. Yes. Right, because they're used to, to living um, in these dense cities and things like that. But what's happened is, what's happened is because of COVID, our immigration has gone to zero. A lot of students aren't here and we've got that glut. We've got that um, empty space, that vacuum. Now, what's going to happen is we've got a property boom without our migration. So, you know, I've, you know, I've been talking about the history because, you know, history may not necessarily repeat, but history rhymes. That's what Mark, Mark Twain said. And if you look at the history, you can see what's going to happen in the future. And in the 70s, Australia had a massive influx of immigrants, mainly from Europe. And actually, my parents were part of that, right? And... Yeah. That's what pushed the property boom up and the economic boom up. When you get a lot of migration, you money goes up, population goes up, property goes up. It all goes up. Mm. Now, the interesting thing now is we've got no migration and property prices have gone through the roof. So what's going to happen is we've got cheap money, property prices have gone through the roof. It's, it's a massive buyer, seller's market out there. It's got a massive boom. But oh, yeah. I've, I've even had, like, I went to the dentist yesterday and they were telling me how they went to an auction and they've been trying to buy a house for the past six months and they keep going to auctions every weekend and they were saying, Christina, it's a bloodbath at these auctions, you know. There's 50 yeah. people that turn up. The properties end up selling for, you know, 100000 plus more than what they're worth. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. 
I actually bumped into one of the ladies at the post office and I spoke to her five years ago saying, you know, you should invest in property. And she goes, George, yeah. I wish I listened to you. I can't believe you're so right. Right. And she's a lovely lady. And like, I should have said, look, it's not too late now anyway. Exactly. Um, but, it's not too late. You can still invest in property now. Yeah, there's a lot of questions here. I'm going to try mm. to answer a few of them, right? But she had fear holding her back. Mm. Yep. So this is what's happening. Because so many tenants are struggling to secure a property, multiple applications being received for most properties, right? Prospective tenants are offering landlords over the asking price or offering to pay six months in advance just to secure a property. That's how desperate mm. they are, right? Which is sad. And um, look, because I'm I'm really big in rent vesting, right? Yeah. And people might be wondering, can you still rent vest? Yes, you can, right? Because... Um, that's the fact of it. You can still rent vest and still do very well at the moment because even though um, rentals are tough. So I'm going to slowly go through some of these questions, right? Um, yeah, we've got a lot of interactions is tonight. It worth buying, is it worth buying negative and turning positive later? Yes, yes, totally. So look, that's a good question. Um, we're looking for capital growth when we're investing. So, you know, so I don't mind negative. What what I like to do is there's there's negative gearing, there's positive gearing, right? And a lot of people, you know, there's two camps. There's the people that love positive gearing, the people that love negative gearing. I'd like to hear your thoughts, which one you like out of there. And guess what? I think both camps are shit, <laughs> right? Because I neither. I don't like positive gearing at all, right? I won't do it. I won't do negative gearing on its own either. What I do is a combination of negative gearing, positive cash flow. So this is the George Markowski method, the positive cash flow method. The Markowski method, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And right, so with the positive cash flow method, what you're doing is you're still getting your tax deduction because without with a positive geared property, what happens is all you're doing is increasing your tax bill, right? Mm. It makes it harder because we already pay enough tax as it is. I don't want to add to my tax. What I want to do is I want to get a property that makes me lose money on paper, but not in real life. See, if you if you talk to Robert Kiyosaki, right, you know, he talks about how the rich do things mm. and then how the poor and middle class do things. And the wealthy do things differently. And what you got to do is if you want to be wealthy, do what the wealthy do. Right? Absolutely. You've just got to model. model. Model what they do. So don't go, oh, they're wealthy, they're a bunch of assholes and get all upset about it. <laughs> Right? That's no. just jealousy. Yeah. Do what they do and don't do what the poor and middle class do because the poor and middle class are consistently doing things differently to what the wealthy are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really what happens is there's struggling investors. And I can see what struggling investors do. Struggling investors use the old school methods of investing and they look at positive gearing or negative gearing and they do the normal stuff. But the wealthy investors have got a different system. And the wealthy investors do what I do. And that's what I'm sharing in the world. And the wealthy investors, what we do is we lose money on paper, but make money in real life. So we've got negative geared property that's positive cash flow. So it's making us money on one hand, losing us money on the other hand, and you get the best of both worlds. But now, really what you've done, George, with the Markowski method is take all the best bits and pieces from all these different strategies like negative gearing, positive gearing, making sure that we're getting capital growth. You've taken all the best bits and just made it into the strategy of the Markowski method. Yeah, I have. And look, the thing is I'm surprised that no one else has done this <laughs> because I haven't invented anything. I've just, but look, I've spent hundreds mm. of thousands of dollars so you guys don't, you know what I mean? Freedom fighters, right? So I've never bought a unit because body corporate fees are huge. Does this still work out? Um, look, it doesn't matter about the body corporate fees as long as you've got a cash flow calculator and it works. But without a cash flow calculator, you don't know it works. So the, the deal is a lot of people ask me questions, you know, what about body corporate? What about LMI? What about interest rate? And there's a lot of different questions about property, right? And they're all easily answered. You put them in a cash flow calculator and see what happens and see if you can afford it. That's all that matters. That's right. Yeah. Right. And I really would like to probably do a little thing about cash flow, the cash flow calculator, and talk about it next session, maybe, and show people how it works. Right. What yeah, about, do what a little training. I could share idea. my screen and show people how to do this. Who would like who would like a training on the cash flow calculator? Please type in hashtag cash flow calculator 
And if I get enough people saying that, I'll actually teach you guys how to use it next week. Cool. Right. What's the notice a landlord needs to give tenants? I know of a friend who was given four weeks notice to vacate as the owner wanted to sell the property. I depends on the lease, depends on the yeah. state. Each state's different. Um, depends on the lease. Generally, a lease can be anywhere from six months to two years. Uh, what your friend may have been on could have been a periodic lease. That's what it sounds like, a periodic yeah. lease, 30 yeah. days. Um, normally, a lease is six months to one year, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very rare to get more than one oh, year. Oh, rare for two years. Okay. I thought that was standard. What? No, no, it's not. The two very years, rare. yeah. A, a lot of our members get two years straight wow, off the bat. Okay. There you go. So, I'm just judging by all the people I help, what's normal. <laughs> um, Heidi Cooper, less students immigration since COVID. Absolutely. That's right. Mm. Less tenants in CBD, decrease in rent. Yep, that's right. There were 100 people on an auction to, in North Sydney last week, playing crazy. Wow. Yeah, see what I'm saying about the, the auctions and, yeah, property. It's just going at the moment. Hey, look, okay, it's a, a great time to have property. <laughs> absolutely. So I've been a business development manager in real estate for the last few years, and you're dead set 100% right. What we see is it's tenants pushing up rent themselves, and because so many people have sold, the quality of tenant has increased as has their capacity to pay higher rent. What investor doesn't want that? Exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you for talk, saying I'm 100% right. I can't argue with anyone that says that. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. but yes. So, and neutral gearing, Reese Coleman. Yes, there is neutral gearing as well. Look, neutral gearing is almost impossible <laughs> because you, it's going to be slightly negative. It's going to be one probably. way or the other. That's right. Getting it, getting it balanced perfectly is, is but I get what you're saying. If it's close enough to neutral, you call it neutral, but it's never, it can never be neutral, really. Yeah. With a view to positive gearing, maybe start slightly negative geared. Um, look, Heidi, good question about starting slightly negative geared. It look, it depends on your wage and your tax anyway, right? So when I look at you know how much gearing I want, I want to look at um, how much tax I'm paying. And not, normally when people join our program, what we do is look at their tax. And the first thing we want to do is we want to get in and get that tax and smash it out. The way I see it is, you know, if let's say money was the lifeblood of your family, of your life, right? Well, Tax is a bit like someone gashed a hole in your arm and your artery spurting out blood every week. That's what it's like because it's like nearly 40, 50%, right? Just spurting yeah. out. So the first thing we do is triage, is go in there and block that bleeding and slow it down by using mm -hmm. negative by using negative gearing, by using losing money on paper. And what we do is we get people from the point of just throwing all their money into tax and burning it for nothing and then converting it into housing for Australians. So not only are we saving them tax, we're also housing Australians and doing a good thing and getting close to our unstoppable goal of empowering 10,000 Australians to create wealth through investing in properties in the Mikoski method. Absolutely. Okay. With view to positive gearing, maybe start negative gearing. Yep, and neutral. I've heard, I've heard most houses advertised have already been through the hands of buyers agents nowadays. Any truth? Um, look. Um, what happens with realestate.com and domain, right? You, sometimes you look hard enough, you can find some good bargains on there, but I normally call that real estate porn. <laughs> uh, and um, the reason I call it real estate porn is because by the time they get on realestate.com and domain, you've sort of missed out because you've got the whole market it's in there. It's too late, yeah. yeah. You've and missed I, the like get, I like to get properties... I like to get properties prior to that that aren't even on there if I can. Yeah, absolutely, before they go to market. Okay. So my rental lease is ending in a few months and I need to look for another rental property to reside. Any tips on where and how to secure a new place to rent? From Lee. Hi, Lee. Hope you're well. Look, um, good question because um, I know you in particular have got an amazing property. And look, what I find is... And this is the deal um, with with rental with getting a rental property is like doing a job application these days. It is, you really, yeah. you really want to look the part. So look, I, so I'll give you some hints. I actually rented for a long time, right? And when I rented, I was a bachelor, I was single, but I didn't rock up by myself. I'd get 
um, one of my girlfriends, whoever I was dating at the time, to come with me and potentially was my fiance and come in and, you know, really look the part because people don't want to rent to a bachelor who's going to have parties there every night. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Christina, when you were my friend, we were looking at a property and you pretended to be my fiancé once too, remember? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were walking towards this property on the beach and you had your little, because you used to have this ring. What was it called? The F-off ring? <laughs> Christina used to have a ring on her finger that she wore when she went out clubbing. It was a fake guys. engagement ring so that guys would stop hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember you put that ring on and we bumped into Blinda and Blinda's like, looked at the ring and said, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you and I only knew each other for a little while. She was like, oh, my God, you got, you know. So so you really got to look the part. So I used to rock up in the Porsche, really dressed in a suit. No, everyone was... can do that, though, George. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is everyone can do their own version. Okay, of best tip of the night, everyone. We're... If you want to get a good rental property, rock up in a Porsche. <laughs> You don't have to rock up to the Porsche, but what I'm saying is um, I wasn't working at the time, right, because I was retired off property. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell that story to the real estate agent because they're going to go, yeah, sure you are. You're probably a drug dealer or something, right? So I pretended that I was working. I put a suit on everything, even though I wasn't working, and normally I'd wear tracksuit everywhere. So you got to You like pretend to take a business call. You're like, yep, okay, yep, I'll see you tomorrow. See you at the office. <laughs> yep. So that's the fact of it. So I know the person asking the question, you've got a very good job and you look very presentable, so I don't think it'll be a problem. But also, um, if you want, let me know what you're looking for. Give me a private message and I'll reach out to a few agents that I know. Look, we've got a lot of people saying cash flow calculator, yes. Great. So guys, if you want the cash flow calculator, if I get 10 people saying a hashtag cash flow calculator, I'm going to go for the training. Thank you very much. Awesome. Red Hook properties through agents to go to agents or their mates. Yeah, look, getting get you know part of the reason positive property buyers group works so well yeah. is because developers know that we've got a massive group of people that uh, have got an appetite to buy property, and they save themselves the hassle of going to realestate.com and getting an agent and advertising everything else like that mm -hmm. when they go direct to us. So funny enough, they skip the line and go direct to us. We skip the line, go direct to them, and everyone wins. The person yeah. that loses, you don't get a real estate agent, realestate.com.au, the newspaper, none of them get all their advertising dollars. No one <laughs> right? We're a real estate agent's worst enemy. <laughs> okay. Is the cash flow calculator different to a, from a spreadsheet? Um, look, it is a spreadsheet. Is it different? Depends on who did the spreadsheet. So this, this cash flow calculator is years of my work and works very well. Some people know numbers and know how to do it well, and if you do, you don't need the cash flow calculator. But um, George, the amount of um, cash flow calculators I've seen um, just from members who have um, are doing our program, and they show me what they thought was a cash flow calculator, and they're missing more than fifty percent what you've got on your cash flow calculator. And I'm like, okay, let's compare this one. Now this one, okay, you've left off this, this, and this, and I go through, and then they're like, oh wow, this is so much better to give me an actual idea of how much money my property is going to be making me per week yeah that's yeah. the feedback i've had anyway yep yep okay yeah exactly yes thanks george getting tax backs definitely positive outcome definitely now guys <laughs> um, what i want to talk about is i'm going to answer the rest of the questions soon but i want to talk about the budget cool Let's yep so that. i don't know if you know recently the budget came out right right and the treasurer john friedenberg has revealed the latest budget right so those with a stake in the Australian property market can sleep easy after the official unveiling of the 2021 budget. Just letting you know, it's cool, right? So I don't know if you know what happened um, during the election when Liberal and Labor were fighting it out. Labor decided to, um, stupid policy, dumbest policy I've ever heard, I'm sorry. And I'm not political. I don't care if you're for Labor or Liberal, but Labor at the time had the stupidest policy ever. I don't remember his name now either. But what happened was they decided to scrap um depreciation for investors mm -hmm. so what would happen if you scrap depreciation for investors well one less investors buy property and then what will happen you get a rental crisis rental and rental property prices go up and then people have problems finding a house to live mm. it's economics 101 so they went through on that and use that as their platform saying, oh, these rich bastards getting um, depreciation, right? Mm. 
and all that. So they're very hesitant about reintroducing, um, reintroducing the deletion of negative gearing to Alexa platform because they lost because of that, right? So they've decided to scrap it completely. Oh, that wasn't us. Forget it. Now, Labor have had the long history of having a love and hate affair with negative gearing. Paul Keating actually got rid of negative gearing at one stage back in the 90s mm-hmm. and totally effed the economy up. Red, rents went up. You think they would have learned from their past mistake? Hello. Yeah, but look, unfortunately, a lot of politics is about getting voted in now, not later. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, short term. So mm-hmm. anyway, so they decided to get rid of negative gearing. They made a big song and dance about it, saying this is going to help the economy. The economy wasn't working well, and rentals were going up, and it was terrible. So what they did is they quietly reintroduced it and just kept quiet about it because they didn't want to say, "Oops, we stuffed up." <laughs> and now. Then what happens, they lost the last election because of negative gearing. So now finally they're saying, we're not going to do that again. That's it. We'll see how long it lasts, but that's what's happening because obviously we're getting close to another election very soon. So I'll go back to what's happening with um, the budget. The budget, uh, yes, exciting. Okay. So, so basically negative gearing capital gains, right? Nothing's really changed because... They didn't want to change anything like that. The first home super saver scheme, right? Four years after instruction, the first home super saver scheme is now being revised to allow first home buyers to make an early withdrawal up to 50,000 in voluntary super contributions, right? Used to be capped at 30,000, now it's 50,000, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to buy a house. So they're trying to help people buy a house. Mm-hmm. Then they've got the superannuation downside, they've got the superannuation downsizer scheme, right? right. They're going to expand that to include Australians age 60 and over, which allows participants to make a once-off $300,000 contribution to their super, which you, you have to be over 65 to do that. Then look at the whole home builder plan after being rolled out in mid-2020, right? They were offering grants to 25,000 for new homes and major renovations eligible to Australians closed in April. Now they've extended the home um, builder six-month construction commencement period to 18 months for all applications, right? So it's going to go into 2022. Mm-hmm. Anything about JobKeeper or anything like that on the budget? No, that's it. JobKeeper's that's over. It. Yeah. And look, I mean, our economy is booming. We don't need JobKeeper. Now, mm-hmm. the RBA announced that it's not expected to see a change in interest rates until 2024 at the earliest. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Guys, look, that is amazing. That's awesome. Okay, someone said, I'll buy it, mate. I don't know what they're going to buy, but yes. (laughs) An investment property, maybe? I don't know. The cash flow calculator. Um, Anyway, and someone said, I'm the boss. Well, there we go. We heard it. (laughs) Look, uh, because we aggregate our live feed, we're onto multiple channels, and I really can't see (laughs) where things are coming from. Maybe we could talk about how to get houses before realestate.com, direct communication agents, letterbox drops, stuff like that. Look, um, with the houses, you've got to create relationships with developers. Now, this is the deal, right? It's hard to create a relationship on your own if you're going to buy one property or two Mm -hmm. properties, or even if you buy 10 over your lifetime. But see, we're very fortunate, right? Because we actually have got a massive group of members and we're buying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of properties. So we get shown a lot of off-market stuff. We're in a good yeah. partner. It's great. And I reserve, I reserve our properties for our members. We recently had a member two weeks ago bought a property and it was $65,000 under the market value that he bought mm-hmm. it for. And what I do when I get a deal like that, I actually offer it to our members first and I give them till that night close the business and then if they don't take it i'll take it now so far unfortunately i've never had the opportunity to take one of these <laughs> right? but look, if you look at our values right you know we've got you know purpose beyond profit that's one of our things right which means that our purpose is to empower ten thousand australians to create wealth through property so that's more important than me making profit Plus, also, I think by me helping people make money long term, I make more money anyway. 
because people hear about our program and go, shit, that's an awesome program. You know what I mean? Good value, yeah. yeah. Someone wrote, I party all night. Yes, I did last night and I'm pretty tired. <laughs> Some agents prefer couples of kids instead of for Yes, exactly. I've never gone to the extent of borrowing my sister's kids. <laughs> but seriously, if I had to, I would. <laughs> right? Rent a family. Rent a family. Look, you know, I when I was single, I used to borrow my sister's my sister's son. He was really cute, and I'd go to um, Rundle Street and really attract the women. It worked well. Shocking. I've and I've borrowed dogs. I've done everything. How can did they actually get rid of negative gearing? They did because if they're in politics, they can do it, but they need the, the other side. What's going to happen if they want to get rid of negative gearing? It's going to be very challenging because normally um, we don't have one party dominating, so it's going to be very, very hard. Oh, look, there'll be a lot of pushback. Haven't some banks already increased rates? Maybe. Look. I um, can honestly say no. <laughs> and um, I'm helping, you know, four, five, six members per week get investment properties and each time I do cash flow calculator the interest rate is actually going down not up. and then the horse's mouth exactly. straight from the bank finding out exactly you know what interest rate people are getting and each week I seem to be putting lower and lower interest rates in look I'm amazed because you know a lot of our figures they work at a five percent interest rate anyway and now they're just so it's amazing like yeah yeah, yeah. So it's pretty amazing. So no, I haven't seen that. And look, the deal is, depending on who you are and what bank you go to, interest rates can be different. You know, mm. I've, I've met so many people that have joined our program and we've saved them $50,000 in payments to the bank just in one meeting. Obviously it takes a bit more than that, but the meeting that sets it up is there and then we slowly go through it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the thing is like, the fact of it is, I mean, we do this every day. Right. Yep. So we're the experts. So we know when we look at something, we know if it looks right or doesn't look right. You've got the runs on the board to know yeah, so we, what we're we talking know. about. Yeah. So I mean, we go through so many deals every week. We just you know. I would know when interest rates are going up because I'd be putting in higher interest rates into cash flow calculations, not lower. Exactly. And we're helping a lot of people every week buy property, so that's the way it works. So that was the budget. That was good use on interest rates, Christine. Yes, it was. Oh, absolutely. I'm yes. wrapped because yes, that right. means my members are making more and more money each week. So it's pretty awesome. How do you deal with the aggregated land tax that is coming up when you have multiple properties? Yes, look, um, we're taught this is all about South Australia, right? And let's face it, we've got um, the government here have really, funny enough, it was the Liberals that did it, not the Labor Party. It's amazing. The Liberals pushed a very labor policy. They seem to have swapped sides in South Australia. But what's happened is we've got aggregated land tax now. So for a long time in South Australia, what used to happen if you buy a property, you could change entities or mix the entities around and you wouldn't have to pay land tax. So I was loving it because because I live in Adelaide, I'll drive past the place, I go, yep, I'll buy that. Yep, I'll buy that. I just love buying property. And now yeah. I've got to stop myself because I don't do that anymore. Mm. I'm buying my properties in Brisbane at the moment because our land tax in Adelaide is going to it's going to be shocking for me because I've got too many. Yeah, properties. it's just so not worth it. If people have got the appetite for it, I'll actually get a land tax specialist on one of our shows. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, and then we can yeah get it straight from the horse's mouth about you know the latest what's happening with that and yeah how to sort it out because um, you want to make sure that your numbers are working when you're getting investment properties and account for all of that sort of stuff. Yep, and I, I want to just have a look. Um, Kathy said something about accountability, and I lost that comment because I can't see it. But Kathy, accountability, absolutely, very. You're right about that. So just wanted to just bring that out. Kathy was one of our new members. How do you deal with the aggregated land tax? That's come out again. Yeah, so, you know, the land tax is going to be one of those tough things. There's actually, my lawyers created a land tax calculator. So what I'll do is I'll drop the land tax calculator in the group for people in South Australia that want to check what to do. Because really, at the end of the day, what you need to do is look at um, the penalties you pay for being in a trust and then how much it's going to cost to transfer or sell and then you're going to have to make the choice. Now, awesome. I know that... Um, I know the land tax in Melbourne is shocking as well. 
And I've met so many people in Melbourne. I've met people in Melbourne that have got 10 properties and they're losing money every year. Wow. Yeah, right? too and, many in the same state. And the problem is they've got ego. They don't want to sell them. <laughs> and they keep paying the tax. and like, It's frustrating. Yeah. But seriously, if something goes wrong, if something's not going right in your property portfolio, you mm. need to – it's like a Band-Aid. Don't watch it for years because I've seen so many people – throw bad money after good and keep throwing it and losing money. I've got so many examples of people that have bought the wrong property and they're like, oh, I'm going to wait. And they wait, but it just gets worse. Keeps going down or, yeah. Yeah, so I want to tell you a little story, right, which is going to show you what happens. So let's say, for example, you, you have to walk to the shops, right? And you, walk to, you want to walk to the deli, you want to buy some milk and some bread, and it's mm -hmm. 20 kilometres away. It's a long walk. And this is the days, you know. So what happens is... um. So you, you keep walking and then you find out when you're 5Ks away from the deli that it's closed, right? So what yeah. would you do? Would you keep walking or would you walk back? If you find out it's closed, you'd walk yeah. back home. That's right. But this is the problem. Yeah. See, when people get a property, it's bad. And they finally find out it's bad. They're like, oh, but I spent all this time and money on it. I'll wait. But mm -hmm. the deli's closed. It's not open. So it doesn't matter if you walk it over 5Ks. All you're doing if you walk 5Ks is... You actually got to walk further back to get home. Yes. So if you look at it that way, change the way people think about it. So, you know, once you realize a property is no good, that's when you've got to get rid of it, not wait and make it worse. Yeah. Can't even transfer in Melbourne. No, you can't. Um, Unless it's your principal place of residency. Yes, yes, I know. With Melbourne, you can't even do that. Melbourne's actually wow. the one place that's worse for land tax than Adelaide is Melbourne. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> right. um, Melbourne's really tight. They they won't let you transfer, family transfer, anything else like that, unless it's principal place residence. Where Adelaide, they let you actually transfer any property you want. Even if it's in a trust, you can actually transfer it. There's actually there's a lot of clever things you can do here. Adelaide, and I, look, I think it's only fair because it's really unfair that if you're married to someone and you can't transfer something in their name without paying stamp duty and capital gains, that's ridiculous. Mm, that's just silly, yeah. Yeah, it's really unfair, but that's the way it is. Yeah. So, look, one thing about the budget, it's if you're a property investor, it's good news, nothing there bad, luckily. We haven't had anything bad news since 2017, right? You can transfer, but stamp duty payable. That's what I mean, you can't. I get you can, but you can't. <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, because the problem is paying stamp duty on something you're going to keep just in a different entity is really crazy. Mm. But if you're paying land tax, if you're paying land tax, I suggest you're going to have to take a call and just get rid of it and go to a different state. Ultimately, what I'd be doing with property is spreading, and this is what I do anyway, and this is what I teach our members to do. Is I you need to diversify, spread your eggs out, don't have all your eggs in the one basket. Yeah, the deal is if you keep all your eggs in one basket, then the government could stuff you up by changing the laws overnight. Yeah. Right? Also, natural disaster happens and you're screwed, like uh, happened in Cairns. What happened was Cairns was going up in value. Uh, I know people that have bought lots of properties there. Then there was that big cyclone. There was no rentals and they just lost everything they had. But also um, the economies, you know, sometimes things go bad in a certain state. Like you should see, for example, someone said, great session. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> And so basically, um, yes, if you transfer of ownership only for commercial property and not residential, I think maybe you can. I'm not I'm not really clear on that. We'll get an expert on to answer all of these questions in That's depth. That's right. But see, <laughs> this is the funny thing. This is what you got to look back at. Like Sydney and um, Perth, quite a while ago, about I think it was about 12 years ago, the difference in median household, was, uh, household value was $1,000. And now... Sydney's double what Brisbane, uh, what um, Perth is. Yeah, wow. But the fact of it is, the different capitals, they move at different stages, mm. right? And at the moment, I know everyone's talking Brisbane because it's kicking ass. And you look at um, you look at that um, graph that I had the other day, most migration is happening into Queensland, nowhere else in the whole country. Because we've got no overseas migration, all the interstate migration, everyone's moving to Queensland. So it's pretty crazy. Right. And, um, but what we're going to do is diversify. And, you know, once I fill up, once I fill up, um, on one state, 
then I'll move yeah. to the next and I keep going. But really, what my aim for you to do is, you know, everyone watching this, is if you could actually have, you know, one or two properties in each capital of Australia, then mm. you are covered for everything. Because seriously, the booms and busts happen at different times. Yeah. I've always got, and I've got, I've got properties all around Australia, and I'll tell you what, it's really satisfying because, you know, when I had properties just in, I only had properties in Adelaide at one stage when I first started. And what would happen is property price would go up and all my properties would go up. I'd go, yes. And then <laughs> go down. And all my properties go down. I'm like, oh, no. Right? But now you've got them all around Australia. You've diversified. So when one state's going up or one state's going flat, the state going up covers the state that's going flat and it's totally balanced. Well, the good part is I'm not as... um what do you call it, um, up and down anymore with my emotions. <laughs> but also, it's not like a roller coaster anymore. You're just like, yes, eh, but, whatever. But also, but also, I mean, most of the properties are always going up anyway, most of the time. So yeah. you've, only got, you've only got yeah. one or two properties in one state that are going down slightly and the rest are going up all the time. So it's actually, you feel so good about it and it's easy, really easy. And, you know, I mean, last year for me during COVID, because, look, at the beginning of COVID, everyone's like, oh, George, now, you know, all this stuff you're buying, saying property, now, you know, we're going to show you, you know, they, everyone wanted to see me fail. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> I want to see everyone win. But a lot of my haters wanted to see me fail. And they said, oh, well, good luck during COVID, you and your property, your fancy pants property strategy and all that. But anyway, I mean, I made over a million dollars in property last year during COVID, right? During COVID, yeah. So it doesn't matter. And I, was, I said to people, look, I did it during the great uh, 2008, the uh, GFC. Great, yeah, that one. Not the Great Depression. The, the Great Depression. Depression. I'm like, GFC, what? The Great right? Depression. And Were you alive then? <laughs> yep. So I did it. I did it during the global financial crisis, and I did it now during COVID. So I got the runs on the board. I I don't make money because a lot of people. It's easy for people to make money when things are good, right? Easy. Yeah, of Anyone, any blind Freddy can buy a property when they're going up and make money out of property. But you know what? Forget that. You know, and you got all these people jumping out of the woodwork now thinking they're real estate gurus because they made a bit of money quickly. But you know what? Typical. You, you want to watch someone and follow someone that's made money during hard times. In the downturns. That's you right. Because what I love about your system, George, and the Mikoski method is you're safe no matter what happens in the economy, no matter who gets into power in government. It's always going to work because it's future-proof and you've got your solid foundations that keep you safe and we just follow those principles and it just works regardless of what happens. Yeah. And look, I've got three pillars and they keep you safe no matter what the market's doing. And especially during the GFC. Mm. Most people lost money in property during the GFC. I was one of the only people that just kicked ass for it. And that's because I was so conservative of what I did, right? And during uh, COVID, that was actually kinder on a lot of people, mm -hmm. which was great. Um, and look, and at the moment, you know, properties are booming. This is what I want everyone to think, right? And I don't want to, you know, no fear-monging here, but look, seriously, when things are booming, remember, it's going to slow down, Mm. For sure, 100%. And when things slow down and where they're going down, guess what? They're going to go up again. And mm -hmm. don't get emotional because things are moving up and get too excited about buying property and don't get emotional when they're going down. Have a long-term stable strategy that works no matter what's happening and you're going to make money in property because you make money in property by timing the market, not timing the market, right? You need yeah, to you need time in the market so you need to have properties staying in the market over a period of time that's right and um kathy just said well done george mikoski walk the talk i love this walk <laughs> the talk and your principles and pillars speak for themselves thank you so much kathy and kathy asked about her paying cgc and land tax on top of it kathy um christina's your coach and christina's going to help you through this right yes let's absolutely. go through it and if I need to get involved or we get another specialist, we'll get involved. But what we're going to do is we want to help you get to your goals as soon as we can. So, and thank you for participating tonight. It's been great. So guys, look, you know, I think there's something said about, now I've got a new saying I thought of today, which I want people to think about. Okay. 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 Because this is it. And this is cool. I love it. An average house in, in the hand is worth 10 perfect properties in the bush. An average property in the hand is worth 10 perfect properties in the bush. And let me explain this, guys. See, 
if you want to get the perfect property, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So forget, forget it. it. So, you know, because a lot of people think, okay, I want to get a property and I want it to have this and I want it to have that and I want to get really high return, but I want to get an under market value and I want it to grow and I want it this and that. It's not going to happen. The fact of it is there's no perfect property. There's going to be some flaws, right? All you need is a property that's in the top 100 that's going to go up in value and it's less than $50 a week in the cash flow calculator. That's what you need to look at because what's important is having enough properties exposed to the market for it to go up. You know, 10 perfect properties in your head, they're not going to make you any money. (laughs) not real. Seriously, one one property that's not perfect is going to do a lot better than a property that's perfect that you haven't bought yet. Mm. Right? So you've got to think about that because I really think, you know, an average property in the hand is worth 10 properties in the bush. And that's my new saying, George Mikoski, copyright. You're welcome <laughs> to use it. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, George, for um, giving us an update on the budget, for, uh, yeah, getting us educated on that and giving us an update on yep. what's happening with interest rates and, and the rental shortage. That's right. And talking about the calculator. And show you how to use it. Awesome. Okay. I'm pumped. I'm very excited about that one. Fantastic. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Look, Thanks for joining right. us. Don't Thank forget. Thank you for joining us on the hey, look, remember, we're every Thursday night now, not Wednesday, Thursday night, 605 Australian Central. Put it in your calendar, time. schedule it in your diary. And once again, if you're watching live, put hashtag live. Uh, if you're watching the replay, like many people do, do hashtag replay. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful and please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy, and it takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand that information I share is of a general nature only and is not taken into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisors actually achieve the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, provide all the things you dream of for you and your family.